Support comes from Clipper Vacations, offering getaways on the Clipper Fast Ferry to Victoria, B.C. Clipper Ferry and hotel packages from $250 per person. Enjoy historic charm, afternoon tea, and more. Terms and conditions apply. Details and booking at clippervacations.com. You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. Radioactive Youth Media is a program here at KUOW that gives young people the skills and resources to do public radio journalism. Since Radioactive launched almost 20 years ago, listeners have been tuning in to hear stories from these journalists. And over the years, listeners have wanted to get an update on what's happening to the people and reporters behind these stories. So today we're revisiting a feature story from Radioactive alumni Merck Nguyen. Back when Merck was working on this story in 2014, she was getting ready to go to college and leave her friends and loved ones behind in order to start a new chapter of her life. Getting ready to leave home had Merck thinking a lot about her dad's experience leaving his home and family behind in Vietnam when he was a teenager. Here's Merck with more. I'm at a dock on Lake Washington and it's a calm evening. I'm with my dad, Guang Adam Nguyen. I call him Ba, which means dad in Vietnamese. He's handy, loving, and let's have the rest of my family help describe him. I met him 27 years ago. He looked very young, a little bit skinny, handsome, and a little bit buff. But now after 25 years married, I look a little bit chubbier. He puts others before himself. He's a fixer. He's very stubborn, makes me very stubborn, and speak of the devil. Hi! What's my cell phone? Yeah, I'm looking for my cell phone. Bam misplaces things. He's always thinking and forgetting. About too much, if you ask me. He's remodeled the house I've lived in my whole life, but he still hasn't finished the gazebo. Although, he did finish the waterfall. To Ba, the sound of water is the sound of freedom. He fled from home, Vietnam, at about age 14 on June 26, 1978. That night, he snuck into his friend's house, woke him up, and said, let's go. Yadi, Yadi. He asked me, Dido, where are we going? I say, well, we can escape. We have to look for freedom. On the coast of central Vietnam, there's a small fisherman village called Lanco, Ba's hometown that was taken over by communists. As a child, his days were cut shorter from working in the fields to grow crops for the North Vietnamese. And when he was five, his dad was shot dead by the Viet Cong. So after the war, he planned his escape. Out of seven siblings, he didn't tell anyone except for his older brother. your uncle. He didn't even tell his mom. If I tell her, then she cried and she might not let me go. And I cannot live to see her, don't want her kid to escape. He went with eight of his friends on the journey. The oldest was about 21. Ba, who was the youngest and the leader, assigned them all different tasks, stealing a boat, getting food, fuel, water, destroying lights, preventing anything that would get in their way. His job was to get the two guards on the beach drunk on vodka. First, I got only one leader, and then I asked them, you want more? They said, sure. They pretty much pass out. 1 a.m. The tide pulled the six by 28 foot long boat into the ocean, but there was a problem. The boy in charge of destroying the light overlooking the water didn't do his job. So stupid. The nose of the boat was about to drift into the light for everyone to see. And then there was darkness. We go, wow. 
the light goes off now. How can be that happen? Thanks God. The light goes off. They saw that as a good sign. So, the boys were free. All day we've ridden the boat. Beautiful weather, very calm. And see thousands and thousands and miles and miles of all those whales. The whales were headed where the boys were going. Another good sign. Look back and see it's a small mountain. Then it start getting homesick. You know, it's like homesick. Food was getting low, gas was running out, and on top of that, they faced any fisherman's nightmare, a typhoon. But after four days and four nights, they landed in Hong Kong on July 1st, 1978. Two years later, Bat and my uncle were adopted and moved to the U.S. <laughs> Small, white. Mm-hmm. Wow, you were skinny, huh? Mm-hmm. We're skinny. This is Bat's shirt that he wore on the boat. The boys use this as their SOS flag, and he's kept it for 36 years. Hasn't washed it since. Bat keeps a lot of things, but like his thoughts, they're scattered. And I think sometimes he doesn't keep his promises. I'll come to your game. Late. I'll be home to eat. Late. I'll build you a treehouse. Still waiting. I've grown tired of his excuses. But I'm leaving soon, and I don't want to be late for opportunities to understand who Ba is. You know, I realized I take my parents for granted. Him especially. He couldn't because he left his mom in Vietnam. There's a Vietnamese song called Mosong Komet, meaning my mother's spring. Bao loves this song. That's my favorite song. That song, it talks about exactly what I am, away from the mom. His eyes are closed, he's smiling, and I can tell he's thinking about her. Now I'm looking at the man who I've known all my life, crying. I no longer see a forgetful father. I simply see a boy who misses his mother. Many years I've been promised to come home and see her, but I didn't make it. So after 14 years later, I finally make it to see her. After 14 years, him and my uncle made a trip to visit her. And met her for two weeks, and we have to go back to United States and our future, our education. Soon we get back here, she passed away. My mom passed away. We all live our lives wishing we had more time to get close to that one person. For Ba, it's his mom. And for me, it's Ba. That was radioactive alum Merck Nguyen with her 2014 feature story, Water is the Sound of Freedom for My Ba. It's been nine years since Merck first shared her father's journey with KUOW listeners. And since then, water has taken on a whole new meaning for Merck as she's continued to grow as a daughter, friend, and creative. Here's Merck with more. I'm at my parents' house with Ba. 
in the driveway that he's turned into a giant koi fish pond with a bridge, his own space needle. It's a whole thing. He's working on building a new waterfall around the Angel Pond. Named after me, Angela, even though most people nowadays call me Merck. A punny nod to the former German chancellor and also my stage name. Baz smiling and walking around with a slight limp because of a stiff ankle. He's got more gray hair than I remember, but not enough to look like he's actually in his 60s or, thanks to my toddler nephew, a grandpa. Ba walks me around the side of the house to his finally finished gazebo. It's now his fish hospital. The fish was swimming, swim and say, ah, get me out, give me some water. <laughs> get me some water. Because he forgot. For, for half hour, because I forgot to, uh, to put the water back in. Ba's still the funny, forgetful man I've always known. It's been almost nine years since I told this story, and a lot has happened since then. Graduations, big moves, and oh, I got married, which is also why I don't live with my parents anymore. Or see bad that often, even though I'm a 10-minute drive away. But one thing that hasn't changed is water's importance as a symbol to the both of us. Freedom for Ba and peace for me. His life story became a jumpstart for my career. After sharing his story, I decided to dedicate my life to storytelling. First through radio, and after graduating college in 2018, through podcasting. After college, I moved to Brooklyn for a year. I missed home, but found comfort in the rain, or when I'd cross over the Williamsburg Bridge, which overlooked the water. That continued to run his auto body shop with my mom back in Linwood. And even though we were on opposite coasts, he didn't seem to worry. He understood why I left. You move away from home because your career, because your work, that you want to complete what your dream you want to do, like me, so I do the same thing. Those dreams kept evolving. I wanted to represent Vietnamese Americans in a big way. It's a dream inspired by knowing and sharing my dad's journey to the U.S. I specifically felt a need to do this in the entertainment industry. So, Voice acting became the next destination on my storytelling map. I left New York for North Hollywood just before the COVID-19 pandemic hit in 2020. And all things considered, I was fine. Still working my podcasting job and finding solace through solo trips to the beach. Baz's shop was an essential business, so he was okay too. Around this time, my then-boyfriend, now husband, introduced me to the show Legend of Korra. It's an animated series that's a follow-up to Nickelodeon's Avatar, The Last Airbender. There's something deeply compelling and relatable about Korra. A powerful teenage character whose foundational element is water, and whose job as the Avatar is to restore peace between nations, worlds, and enemies. I knew it existed, but didn't watch it growing up. But seeing it in 2020, this show inspired me to pursue my dream of a career in voice acting. There's a point in the show where Korra struggles physically and mentally, to the point where she doubts her abilities as the Avatar and goes on a hiatus. I know I was in a pretty dark place after I was poisoned. 
but I finally understand why I had to go through all that. I needed to understand what true suffering was, so I could become more compassionate to others. Little did I know, I would also face those struggles. Struggles where I felt like I wasn't capable of anything. Like, I couldn't be a good daughter, a good worker, friend, or even a voice actor. At the time, my dad could sense something was up, but I was too ashamed to tell him what I was going through mentally. I have a feeling that you doubt, you can, you want to do it, but you something on you, you feel doubt, that why just get away from it, to hide it, right? He was right. I hid away the confident, go-getter spirit I usually carried with me. I felt like I lost it. Strangers were meeting a totally different Merc, and some of my friends said they didn't know who they were talking to when I'd call. I fell into a dark depression. I quit my podcast job thinking that maybe, just maybe, I could make voice acting happen. But as my depression got worse, I couldn't think of reasons to believe any dream was possible. The obvious answer for my mental health was to move home, but I was dreading that so hard. Questions swirled in my mind. If I left L.A., wouldn't that mean I was giving up on my voice acting dream? And everything my parents worked so hard for to help me in my life, is that all going to waste? I resisted for months, but it became clear that moving back to Washington was the best decision. I remember one day in my parents' house, near the waterfall, I sat with Ba. It was a sunny summer day, and yet I felt gray, sad, and blank inside. I looked into his eyes and cried, wanting this cloudy feeling to go away, but it wouldn't. He looked back at me. Neither of us said anything, but just sat there, listening to the sound of the waterfall. Even though we both didn't have words to say what we were feeling in that moment, water was there to provide us both a sense of comfort. Looking back now, it always has. Water has been is and always will be part of each one of us. There wasn't one magical day that washed away my sadness, but over time, I learned to recognize and manage it better with the help of loved ones and watching cartoons. And soon after this waterfall moment, my voice acting career started to take off. In 2022, I booked roles for video games, Hulu, DreamWorks Animation, and even Nickelodeon. And I feel my storytelling dreams are evolving again. Cora's a huge part of my journey right now. I dream of playing her if or when a live-action legend of Cora comes around. Not just because I'd be able to say, I'm the Avatar, you gotta deal with it! But because who she is and what she represents motivates me to a whole new level. She knew she was going to be the Avatar from an early age, much like I knew I'd be a storyteller after sharing Baz's story. And yet, she reached a point where she struggled with that responsibility and deeply doubted herself like I did. But like Water, she was able to change the trajectory of her journey. She reinvented herself and found a new way to be the Avatar, just like I found new ways to be a storyteller. And myself. Along this journey... I'm also learning to accept the very possible reality that playing Korra on screen might not ever happen. And that, like water, 
I've got to go with the flow. I mean, that's what bad did, and it got him this far, right? No matter where I end up, I feel confident that whatever I do, I'll turn out okay. For Soundside, I'm Merck Nguyen. You got shorter. (laughs) Support for Radioactive comes from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Discovery Center, and BECU. If you want to listen to more stories from Radioactive, go to KUOW.org slash Radioactive or search Radioactive wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Soundside. By the way, this show is only possible because listeners support us. If you are able to give right now, check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday or anytime online at KUOW.org. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.